0: Um, nurses, um, basically anyone in the helping profession test really high in one specific money script, which I'll talk most about, Um, but it basically is money avoidance.
1: Hey friend, welcome to the Balanced Nurse Podcast. Are you wanting more time on your days off to create healthier habits and actually work on your goals? Then this podcast is for you. I'm Ashley and I used to be a burnt out nurse just like you. I know what it's like to feel exhausted and frustrated on your day's off. I wanted to work out more, eat healthier, and enjoy time with friends and family. But I kept telling myself that that run could wait till tomorrow. I was just too tired to fit in a workout into my busy schedule. Entering my 30s, I realized I had neglected my own health and personal growth. It was a wake-up call that inspired me to take control of my life. That's when I learned two key things the incredible peace that time management brings, and the beauty of real work-life harmony. And I want you, friend, to have this too. I'll share with you my tips and tricks on how to manage your time, create healthier habits, and be more productive on your days off so that you can achieve your biggest health and business goals. So let's pop in those earbuds, get that nurse fun up, and let's dig in. Hey, friend. Welcome back to the Balanced Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley. And today's guest interview is April, who is the founder of Nurse Money Date. Guys, I'm so excited to have her here today. I think you guys are going to really love this and find so much value in this. She is a financial she has a financial coaching business really dedicated to helping nurses thrive financially. The COVID-19 pandemic really highlighted the need for personalized financial education for nurses, which really sparked April's passion for financial coaching. And her mission to really help nurses make more, save more and invest more is amazing and beautiful. And as a certified financial education instructor and a former nurse, April really understands. She really gets those guys. She, she gets the unique challenges that we as nurses face when it comes to managing our finances. And she provides personalized financial education and coaching to nurses and empowers them to make informed financial decisions and she takes a holistic approach to really helping her clients achieve a wide array of financial goals from becoming nurse entrepreneurs to achieving financial freedom. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. All right, April, thank you so much for joining me here today. I'm so excited for today's conversation. Me too. This has been
0: a long time coming, so I'm super excited.
1: I know, I know. All right, so... Why don't we start with your journey? Go ahead and just kind of walk us through your journey and how you went from being a nurse, right, and now have taken on this financial journey and educating other nurses.
0: Yeah, so my journey really starts as being an immigrant in the U.S. and being raised by immigrant parents. And the conversations about money growing up were how to make it, how to save it, and how to make more of it in terms of just working more hours. So when I graduated from nursing school, that was really all I knew about money was you work hard, you make money, and you spend it, and you go through that cycle over and over. But- After I graduated nursing school, I had about $30,000 of student loan debt. So that sort of thrusted me into the space of personal finance. And thankfully, I was able to pay off my debt within two, three years. But I saw another side of money and finance that I was really passionate about. And that was how to invest it and how to make your money work for you. And during this time as a nurse, this was an area where other nurses did not know about. And so I combined my passion for personal finance, and it really became a passion behind the scenes of me working my three 12-hour shifts. Even on my downtime during my shifts, I would be reading books, listening to podcasts. And so when the pandemic happened, I saw an opportunity to go all in on this passion to help educate other nurses, not only about how to pay off debt, how to budget, but also how to make their money work for them so they can find that balance in their life where they don't feel like they have to go to work because they have other money working in the background for them.
1: Wow. That's awesome. So it was mainly back in, well, whenever COVID happened, is that when you, did you leave your full-time job and kind of go all in?
0: Yeah. So it was phased out. So um, initially I went, it wasn't, it was 0.75 was the FTI I remember. So I think it was like two 12-hour shifts while I was still working on building my business. And then as that grew, I went down to 0.5, which I think is one shift and went PRN. So it wasn't like uh, I had this feeling and I was like, oh, I'm going to do it and quit my job. It was definitely like something where I had to plan it out and make sure that it was reasonable financially for me and in my family. Another... Part of my story is when I started my business, within six months, my partner got a job opportunity to basically his dream job, but it was halfway around the world. I'm from Chicago. And so his job opportunity was in Sydney, Australia. So having our finances in order also allowed us to feel really confident making that decision financially. And at the same time, I was already like, inching my way out of the hospital into being a finance coach.
1: That is amazing. I think that's really awesome and such a needed area for nurses and to be educated on. You know, it's funny because I was so I'm so excited for this conversation because even my cousin, right? She asked me a couple of weeks ago. She's like, "Well, what made you what was that point? You know, you've been a nurse for almost 10 years now. Almost 10 years. And she asked me, like, at what point did you realize, you know, you needed to start taking care of your finances and investing? And I'm like, honestly, when I hit my five or six year mark of nursing, I was like, I have nothing to show for it. I've worked so much. I've worked so much overtime, And I'm like, where did it all go? Right. And it it was kind of just a wake up call for me. And I'm like, okay, I need to start learning how to save, learning how to budget, learning how to invest, things that we don't get taught in nursing school. Yeah. And we don't get
0: it taught in a way that makes sense to our brain as a nurse. And that's the biggest gap that I saw when I was a nurse. right? And and so with my coaching, I really tailor it to speaking in a way that nurses can understand through connecting, you know, dosage calculations in the ICU to expense ratios when we are looking at investment fees. So alone, just being a nurse, explaining money is one thing, but like being able to draw from like real world nursing connections and connecting that to things in the finance space has really made a really big difference for the nurses in my space.
1: Nice. And so what do you think is the biggest or why do you think nurses struggle so much with with money and confidence in handling their finances? There's so much to it. But I think one thing
0: specific to the nursing profession is that we almost are trained to not worry about our money and our finance. And what I mean by that is when we get into the nursing profession, it really is conditioned in our training that you're here because this is your passion. You're here because this is your calling. And that can translate either consciously or subconsciously to you're not here for the money. You're not here to get paid a really high salary. You're here out of the goodness of your heart right? So if you are already in that space when you're entering this profession, it can be really hard to think, okay, now I'm really going to ask for a raise. I'm really going to make my money work hard for me in the stock market because your training has already sort of led you to think like, it's okay if I don't get paid the best. And, you know, I do think we are moving in the right direction in some areas, but we have so much work to do as a nursing profession with how we deal with our money and how we view how much we should get paid for the work that we do.
1: Oh my God. I think that resonates so much with me. And I'm sure with so many listeners on here. I feel like I've had that like mentality of like, well, I don't want to ask for more. Like it makes me feel guilty for asking for more when I'm here to care for other people. Right. And I'm here to, yeah, this is a passion of mine and I've always loved this. And I think it's kind of kept me stuck. If I'm going to be real honest, like looking back at my career and, you know, the times, the moments when I could have asked for a raise and I didn't, it kind of kept me stuck right? So I I feel like that resonates with me so much.
0: Yeah. And it's not even asking for a raise is definitely a big part of it too, but that also ripples out to, I'm not going to ask for a raise. I'm not going to look at my budget. I'm not going to figure out a strategy to pay off my debt. And this really speaks to four And in the world of money psychology, what we call money scripts, nurses, basically anyone in the helping profession test really high in one specific money script, which I'll talk most about, but it basically is money avoidance. And so like teachers, social workers, nurses, when they, there's a quiz that you can take to find out your money script. And again, nurses test high in this, but it's everything we're speaking about. It's this idea And a money script basically is the words, the language, the conversations you're having in your head about money. So what that sounds like if you're in this money script, essentially is that you don't deserve to make a lot of money. Money is a bad thing. So it speaks to nurses saying like, hey, I'm here because I'm here to help people. I shouldn't be greedy and ask for this money. Right. And so the financial results of that, everything we're talking about, not asking for a raise, not looking at their money and just really avoiding it and pushing it to the side.
1: Yes. And so do you think a lot of this comes from maybe what our parents thought, maybe what their money story was?
0: Definitely our money story, um, how we view money, how we interact with money, how our relationship to money, all those things are really formed under the age of seven, under the age of seven. So one of the first things that I do when I work with nurses, work with my clients is I say, what is your earliest money story? What's one of the first things that comes to your head when you were, when you were a small girl? What was that thing? What did you hear about money? We couldn't afford it. Don't buy that. You have to save, 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 right? Those things that we learn, those are the building blocks and the answers to where we are right now with our money. So if we can start to unpack our money story at an early age, along with understanding our money scripts, that really opens the box to saying, okay, that's where I was. This is where I am now. What's the connection between the right. two?
1: Right. I think that's so interesting because I actually started working on this a couple months ago too, as far as money story. And I actually have an accountability partner as well when it comes to our finances. My finances, that's my biggest thing that I'm focusing on this year. So that's why I'm like, this conversation is amazing. (laughs) But yeah, the money story, it's incredible. Like, what When we look back, when I look back at my patterns and my behaviors and my thoughts and my beliefs, I'm like, wow, those are the exact same thoughts and patterns and beliefs of my mom, of my parents, right? And that money's bad or, you know, not needing to ask for more, things like that. So I think that's so interesting. Now, besides the quizzes, or anything else that can really help us to start finding out what our financial identity is or maybe looking into our values? What do you think? One thing, so
0: going back to the quiz really quickly, yeah. If you Google it, you'll find a bunch. There's some that you have to pay for. There's some that's free. Um, the one that's the shortest, quickest, and free is through Nerd Wallet. So I recommend that one to just get you started. And if you really want something more in detail, of course, like feel free to go for the paid ones. But another practice that your listeners can do today, and you may or may not want to do it, and it definitely is hard to do, but I promise if you do it, it'll be worth it, is write a letter to money. Get a piece of paper get a pen, and write a letter as if money was a person. And in doing this myself and walking clients through it, you you hear and you see a lot of things. One client, for example, pretty much wrote to money like it was the worst ex-boyfriend right? Like I was afraid you were going to leave. I was afraid that um, you would be mean to me. I was afraid that you would make me a a worse person, right? So this practice is really good at exposing really our relationship with money and how we feel and think about it. And so much of money is with our money or excuse me, our mind and our psychology, right? 90% of our decisions With money are rooted in our emotions and feelings and only 10% is logical, like the numbers. And so oftentimes nurses are like, Oh, what's the best strategy? Like which budget should I use? And yes, that's important. But what's more important and what's going to be most sustainable for you for your financial health is understanding your thoughts and feelings. So I think this is a really good practice in the new year to start really understanding where the heck do I stand with my relationship with money?
1: Yeah, it's absolutely. I I think I've heard this, like, and I've heard it in business and I've heard it in life, just like the 80-20, like it's 80% your mindset, your beliefs and 20 of the actual skills, right? And I think I've, with me, I've applied that in my finances because I think I was always so scared as well, scared of investing and thinking I can't learn that. I've never, I've never been into that. My family, they don't know that. So how would I know that, you know? And so I've, I think I've taken on this new belief. Like it's all 80% mindset and I can learn this. It might take a little longer. It might take a couple of tries. I might need to get a coach or get an accountability partner, whatever that is to really help me and support me and just guide me through this journey. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, and I can speak to
0: something there because I think what you highlighted was so important, especially for nurses. And This sort of answers the question you had earlier, why do nurses struggle so much? And it's in our training too of when you're a nurse, when you do something to a patient You don't do it unless you know you can do it perfectly because this is their life, right? And so that's a big hurdle as a profession we have to overcome when we're working with our money and finance, and this is why. With our money and finance, we want it to be perfect. We don't want to invest unless we know every single little detail. We don't want to do X, Y, and Z, whatever, unless we know everything. But the thing with money and finance is it's okay to make a mistake, It's okay to make a mistake. And you're actually going to learn more from those mistakes than not doing anything at all. So a specific example of this is with investing. Clients often will say, I don't want to do X, Y, and Z until I know X, Y, and Z. So a practice that I do for my clients is I make them invest just $1. so They know that nothing terrible is going to happen. And just to get their gears turning saying, okay, I did this with one, two, three, five, $10. I can do this I can continue to do this and learn as I go.
1: Now, with the new year coming, I mean, when this gets released, it'll be 2024. Yay. So with that comes the desire to start new habits and new routines. What are some things that you'd recommend that they can start implementing? Maybe something practical or actionable for them? Yeah.
0: And um, the biggest thing I see in the new year, and it comes from such a good, amazing place of wanting to make all these changes. What I see is nurses having this desire to look at their numbers and improve their money and finance. And I love that. Like, let's keep that ball rolling. But especially during the new year, they can go too far. And I refer to this as financial burnout. My client right now is actually going through this. So for her, she went in the space of like looking at the numbers, um, how much she's spending, how much debt she has, how much she has invested, all those things. And this turned around to being like, oh my goodness, I need to cut my spending. I need to restrict, restrict, restrict. So in the new year, if you can avoid doing that, That is so important because I don't want you to financially burn out where you feel too restricted. You feel like you're not able to enjoy the fruits of your labor through nursing. So what I had my client do and I really, really recommend you doing if it's, you know, to save more money, which is pretty common for in the new year and to pay down debt. Yes, put down a portion of your money towards that, but don't forget to live your life. If you like getting your nails done, if you like getting facials, if you like going out to dinner, don't go from 100 to zero, right? Maybe you cut down the manicures to like once a month versus every two weeks, right? Maybe you go eat out once a week versus four or five times a week. So the best thing you can do in the new year is, yes, I understand you want something new, fresh, but don't go too far. and consistently ask yourself this question. Is this sustainable? Can I still do this thing December 2024? If the answer is no, let it go and try to see how it can be more sustainable for the whole year.
1: That's great. Yes, I think I see that a lot. And I've something I've done before in the past too, where I'm just like, I go hard and let's go all in. And then we fall off track and we're like, okay, let's try next year. <laughs> so yeah. I totally agree with that. Yes, I think... Just the rule that I always tell myself too, it's just 1% better each day. What can you do today that is going to move you towards your vision, towards your, you know, your goal that you want? And, you know, something that I've, that I teach on my podcast as well is starting with your values, your vision and your values. What do you want your life to look like? What do you, what do you truly value? What really matters to you? And, You know, this could apply to different areas of your life. And for me, taking that moment to, with my finances, like, why do I want to be financially free? Right. At certain, why do I want, you know, why do I want to save up? Why do I want to invest and really kind of digging deep to my why to keep me motivated throughout the year?
0: Yes, exactly. And I love how you're connecting that to your financial value. And that's so important because it can be really hard in the moment to say, no, I don't want to go get drinks or no, I can't go without concert. That can be really hard in that moment. But if you're rooted in your financial values and saying, hey, my financial value is really traveling that's a very common one for nurses, travel adventure, right? So if you learn how to train your brain in this new year to say yes, instead of no, in those moments, it can sound like this. I'm not saying no to going out with friends. I'm saying yes to being able to go on this trip and go all in in over the summertime, right? So understanding why you are doing the things you're doing, whether that be wanting to build a legacy for your family, whether that be wanting to build a business, whatever it may be, you really have to go deep. If you want any serious, sustainable financial results, you can't stay superficial. You have to really get to the core of it and understand in your heart why you're doing what you're doing. And the outside world oftentimes will not understand it, but you just need to keep going and honoring what you really want in your heart.
1: Mm, Yes, absolutely. And, you know, with with that, right, I think that really helps with staying motivated throughout the year. Now, with the clients that you've worked with, what do you think is the biggest roadblock as you see them kind of progressing and maybe, you know, Because as we continue to grow and as we continue to evolve as a person and whatever area of our life, I think that there are always roadblocks or obstacles, new ones that come up. So is there anything specific that you've seen with your clients?
0: Yeah, there's a few. For specific roadblocks, specifically for nurses, I want to say it's time. It's time. And it's Exactly what you were saying earlier, Ashley. It's this idea of what can I do today to just be 1% better? And so that's a practice that I continually repeat to my clients because most of my clients, hmm, I'm getting more like work from home, better work life balance. But I would say the chunk of my clients are, you know, clinics, you know, 312s, 410s, that kind of thing. So they come home really, really tired. And so making that time. And basically consistency. Consistency is, is that thing that regardless of where they started, where they are on their money, and this is something I still struggle with today too, is that consistency with our money, right? And especially this is so relevant in January, right? When we are thrusted with all this motivation and hope for the new year, right? How can we sustain that? And so with the biggest roadblock being time and consistency, something that I teach my clients and something I'll speak a little bit about here. Um, is a weekly practice. I refer to it as a weekly money date. That's where my business got its name, nurse money date. I have been going on money dates every single week for the past, pretty much every week in my in my 20s. And that's a practice that I teach my clients every single week to go on a money date. So throughout the week, you don't have to stress while you're on your shift or you're driving home because you're rooted in this practice of doing all your money tasks, a bulk of it, during your weekly money date.
1: Oh, okay. So that you just schedule a date during the week that you're off, kind of take that time to review your budget or your investing numbers, anything like that? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. That is actually, that sounds really fun. Like, especially when you term it, term it like money date. It's like, yeah, kind of maybe even making like a little ritual, light a candle, play some music. Yeah. Yes, I love that. that. Exactly what I do. And. With any
0: new skill, if you can make it fun, if you can make it something exciting, you're going to want to do it. And that is so important when you're starting a habit. Of course, you can tough it up and, you know, if it sucks, you can get through it. But why do it that way, right? Why associate money with stress and all this overwhelm when we can flip the script and say, hey, we're going to have fun every single week. You're going to go out to dinner. You are going to get home. You're going to get comfy. Then, when you get home, your laptop is open. You got your pen and paper. Now we're engaged and our brain is in a happy mood, primed to make better decisions from a place where you're happy and you're thriving versus like, oh, let me do this at the end of my 12 hour shift. Like, so I get it done. Right. And the most important thing with this practice is consistency. Right. And this is the piece that um, nurses struggle with. So I always do it. Same time every single week, Sunday, 5 p.m. Doesn't matter if I'm traveling, doesn't matter if I'm at the airport, doesn't matter if I'm at the beach, like it is at that time, like 90% of the year. So, yeah, big fan of money dates. I want every nurse to know and to start implementing this practice.
1: I love that. Now, for those who are beginners, right? and want to start doing this with their setting a date, a money date, what do you recommend is maybe the one thing they should start doing during that time?
0: Yeah. If you're very, very new to this and you are just getting started in the personal finance space, I would recommend getting your numbers down. So what does that mean? How much money is coming in? How much money is going out? So what's your income exactly? When is it coming in? how is money leaving your accounts, right? What bills, rent, how are you spending your money? And just doing that alone already is building this muscle of self-awareness. And just by you doing that, let's say at the beginning of the week Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is going to look a lot different because you've already trained your brain to look at these numbers. So throughout the week, you're going to look at what you're spending just a little bit more. Nothing crazy that first week, but what happens the second week? You're going to progress and you're going to improve on that scale of, again, self-awareness, how you're spending um, and how you are relating to your money throughout the week.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Self-awareness. It starts with self-awareness, guys. It really does. So this has been so great, April. Do you have anything else, any words of encouragement or any last tips for the listeners? Yeah, I always say you can do it.
0: You can do it. You have done so many hard things in your life. I don't know your life, but I know if you're listening to this, you most likely are a nurse. I know as a nurse, you've gone through so many hard things already. So if you are down on yourself, thinking I can't do this, this is too hard, this is too confusing, just remind yourself of all the hard things you already have done in your life. And this is something that people aren't born with. Listen to my story. I knew nothing about investing and. You can learn everything, right? You just have to trust and believe in yourself to take those small steps every day to get to where you want to. So go for it. Do the things and 2024 is going to be great for you. And I believe in you.
1: I love that. That's so beautiful. And you know what? I, so I teach nursing students right now too. And I think it makes me think back because they're like stress and it's like, they're, it's like the hardest thing they're going through right now. Right. And it reminds me, it makes me want to reflect back like, I thought that that was so hard, and I could not get through that. I'm like, there's no way. I'm not smart enough for this. Like, this is so tough. Who am I to be like having someone's life in my hands, you know? And it's like you just you you kept going, and you you pushed through nursing school. You pushed through all the obstacles that we went through. I think we don't think about it enough, especially once we're season, you know, seasoned, and like you know have all this experience, and it just comes kind of like second nature now. And thinking back to how hard that was and we didn't think we could do it, but we pushed through and we stayed consistent, kept going and we kept thinking like, yeah, we can do this. Right. So I, I love that. And I think it's the same thing with, with money and investing. So money. Yeah. 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 Go for it. Go for it. Um, One
0: practice that you can obviously do this if you're listening and you're a nursing student, you're a nurse, or if you are starting something new with your money and finance, I started, learned about this practice through business. I have to get better at it, but it's basically creating or having a brag book a brag book. So it's a journal. I guess it can be digital if that's more your thing, but you basically are keeping track of all the amazing things that you've done. Um so for example, for business, it's oh, I got, you know, 10 followers, 20 followers, I really coached my client really well in this way. So once you can build something physical or digital that you can reference and say I have done these things, I can continue to do these things, that will really help build that momentum. And again, when you're leaning into the space of like, oh, these things are hard. I can't do it. Imagine having this physical thing you can pick up and say, I've done all these things. These are the things I've overcome. I can continue to do this.
1: Yes, we forget. We really forget. And I think that that's such a great idea to have what you called it a brag book. Yeah, where you basically brag (laughs) about yourself and you're like, I'm amazing. I'm
0: awesome because we don't do it enough. So we do need something physical to, to hold us in that practice.
1: Yes. Yes. I actually, so I don't, I guess I didn't call it a brag book, but now I am, I have a, I usually journal and something that I've been trying to practice is like writing down the things that I've kind of accomplished. And, you know, it's funny because with starting this podcast, it was super scary. I didn't know what to do. And now I'm kind of jumping into the business world. I don't know any of that either. And it's kind of scary. Right. And, you know, I was actually kind of, Almost, I, well, I started a little bit and then I reminded myself, like, I have come so far, right? Like, I have done what I thought at that time was really hard and I pushed through and I can continue doing this. And I come across that with, with finances, with, with investing. And, you know, as I'm reading these books to educate myself more, There are certain terms that I don't understand. And I'm like, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. And it kind of scares me. And I have to just take a step back and just remind myself, because as you continue to talk about it, and this is my, you know, tip for you guys as well, someone who's also learning and, you know, walking this journey with you is you just gotta, again, consistency, you just gotta keep going because there were certain things I didn't understand before that seemed so scary that now I'm like, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I know that. I know what that is. I know what that means. And it's just like, it feels good to know that. And so I think I just remind myself, I can do this.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love that.
1: I love that. Yes. So, you know, something I want to start asking my guests is, you know, my podcast is all about work-life balance and that can mean something different for everyone, right? For me, for you, for all my listeners out there. So I'm curious as to what does work-life balance mean to you? Do you feel like it even exists?
0: Yeah, I, I love this question because it's definitely a topic that I have thought a lot about in my nursing profession of like, Okay. Like I'm searching for work life balance. Is it, you know, 312s? Is it working a clinic? Is it working an office job? And I definitely did all the things I could to try to figure it out. And I think work life balance can definitely exist for me. I've transitioned to start thinking more, especially with entering, you know, the entrepreneurship space and running a business. The word that I think of most that helps me get to that place is more so work life harmony. So how can I not go this 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 but how can I go like this? And that's probably not helpful for people listening, but how can I have those things work together versus integrate. yeah, integrate them versus them opposing. And so transitioning to work life harmony for me has really looked like building my business in a way that I haven't seen other people do but works with my life. An example of this is everybody in the coaching space does video calls. And then I was like, okay, I guess you have to do it this way. And so now I'm like, that really drains me. That takes a lot of my energy. So I don't do that. I support my clients in other ways on that work with my schedule. So for me, work-life balance has turned more so into work-life harmony and building my business around what I want to do versus the other way around.
1: Oh my gosh, that's awesome. This is why I'm like, I want to start asking this because I think that it can mean something different for everyone, or it can look like, it can look for everyone or feel differently. And that's okay. I don't think there has to be a one size fits all, you know? So I, I love that. Thank you for that. Wow. Yeah. You're so welcome. I think the most important
0: thing, if I can just add to what I spoke to earlier, Something more practical is just having your non-negotiables. And this again is still something I am working on. So having your non-negotiables for the week and building whatever, for most nurses, it's your shifts, making sure that those match that. So for me, um, I have been able to do this recently, is making sure I can go to at least one art class. Mm -hmm. That's been tough for me. Going to the gym three times a week, I've been able to do that, making sure I can have time for healthy cooked meals and making sure to, making sure I have time for my husband my dog those are my non-negotiables as long as I can have those during my week and build my business around that I'm happy and I'm fulfilled and I'm I'm working at my best so to make this more resonate more with nurses I would say list out four to five non-negotiables for the week for you and build out that way
1: now I'm curious how do you make time for those non-negotiables like what's your your, I guess, process with that, with planning that out?
0: Yes. So this is still something I'm perfecting every single month, but I think I am getting better. So right now I am pre-scheduling it basically. So before I, and I still am, I'm a big list girl where I just write everything out, but it just isn't working at this in this season of my life um and I've heard about time blocking, and every time I heard it, I was just like, mm-hmm. but now I actually block every single day, which sounds sort of crazy, but I block out every single day and I put in nine to twelve I'm going to art I'm going to my gym. This time is reserved for hanging out with my family. So I do that first at the beginning of every single week, right after my weekly money date. And so I block those things out first, and then all the business things get pre-filled. So like I know you were saying when we met earlier, you have preset days for podcasts. I have preset days where I take calls. I have preset days where I show up for my clients. So it's always putting myself first, my values, my non-negotiables first, then filling in my business after that.
1: Love that. Thank you so much again, April. This has been such a great conversation and so much value, so much value for my listeners. Now, if my listeners want to know more about you or learn more from you, where can they reach you?
0: Yeah, everything through all social media is Nurse Money Date, nursemoneydate.com. The social media that I am most active on is on Instagram. If you listen to this podcast and have any questions and you're like, ooh, what does she really mean? Just send me a message. My virtual door is always open for any and all questions. So Nurse Money Date. Awesome. Thank you so much, April. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thanks so much, Ashley.
1: All right, friend. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, don't keep the goodness to yourself. Share it with another nurse, babe, who's ready to elevate her life by managing her time and finding work-life harmony. And if you can, while you're at it, please leave a quick review for the show on Apple Podcasts. It lights me up to know that this podcast is helping you. See you next Tuesday for another episode. Until next time, friend.